Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, we got your mailbag questions answered 100% correctly coming up in just a minute. But first, break up the race. How about this? They go into Yankee Stadium again, and they beat the Yankees 5-2 this time. Second win in a row for them in New York. It is their, what, this would be their fourth win in five games, I think? Yes, and that's over the Astros and Yankees. Two teams yeah, with winning which, records. Yeah, which is uh, tough teams on the road. Um, and, of course, uh, coming off a 5-15 uh, and 15 start in July is now behind them. So they're 1-0 in August. So that's a good thing. They're now 66-44 and 44 overall. That's amazing, right? Like 22 games over 500, and you're not in first place. If I'd have told you, hey, you know what? August 1st, they're going to be 22 over 500. You'd say what? <laughs> first place. <laughs> 22 over 500, and you're not in first? That's how good the Orioles have been. So, yeah, one and a half of the games still behind Baltimore, who cannot lose, it seems, at this point. A couple of bombs, one by Yandy Diaz, which was number 15, which surpasses his career high of 14 that he hit in 2019. And how about Randy Arozarena goes yad for the first time. Uh, I think, I guess I think it's it snapped his, an 0 for 21 streak. Yeah, he yeah. He, and he had gone, uh, I think, 21 games. Um, let's see, just to make this uh, perfectly clear. It was just his second home run since June 30th. He's hit only one, uh, which was on July 18th in a 21-game span that included – the home run derby performance so um eight number 18 overall so you know it it, it, it was it was court, sort of the old rays formula and they've done this in yankee stadium now twice where they they get to a lead um i guess the best news of the night was zach eflin who was coming off that knee injury he said mm-hmm. five days ago he wasn't sure he would start he was still in some discomfort and he goes out there and he was dealing um he allows just three hits, no walks, six shutout innings. He struck out five. 52 of his 72 pitches were strikes. Um, and so the Yankees, you know, tried to make it scary off of Colin Poche, uh, scored a couple of runs in the ninth, but they brought on Pete Fairbanks to end it. So, uh, you know, a, a great road trip that they've got going now against some really, really good baseball teams. And um, I think. If you start to see, you know, Brandon Lau continues to hit. He continues to be uh, a little uh, hitterish, as they say. And if you start to see a Rosarina, Wander Franco with a home run the other night, those are the guys that have to kind of stir stir the, the drink a little bit. Um, I think it's a good sign. But, uh, you know, the, the all-star break, uh, or I'm sorry, the, the trading deadline came and went. Um, we, we talked about the starting pitcher they got um, the other night. Yeah, but, he's going to uh, start on Saturday, Savali. Yeah. So, and, and as they sent Taj Bradley down, your rotation is now, you know, mm-hmm. not necessarily in this order, but McClanahan, Glass now, Eflin, right. mm-hmm. Savali, and Littell is now your fifth starter. And Littell's done a nice job. He's been He's fantastic really nice as they job. stretched him out. 
and that's yeah. why Taj Bradley is in the minors. Hopefully, you know, figuring some things out. He came up, had some early success, runs into struggles. Happens to young guys all the time, oh, particularly sure. pitchers. Time to go back mm-hmm. to Durham and hopefully, you know, just work on things but get some success. You know, I think the confidence can help that a lot too. Absolutely, absolutely, and hopefully he'll handle that well. It's tough, man, 22 years old. Mm-hmm. That's just so young. Um, they also traded, made a trade. They traded Louis Patino. Yes, they to, got uh, cash. A, a catcher. Yeah. You know. No, they got cash for Patino. Oh, they got cash for him. Yep. That's right. That's right. Then they traded a minor league pitcher for a catcher from the Brewers who's a AAA catcher. Gotcha. Uh, I don't necessarily know their plans. It's possible he could be called up. I mean, right now, Mejia's still on the injured list. You got Pinto yeah. up as your second catcher. Mm-hmm. They could use him. And they also traded for a couple of minor league pitchers as well. Right. So no no blockbuster deals, but getting mm-hmm. another starting pitcher, a quality one, was huge, especially with the injuries that they've sustained, you know, sort of at mm-hmm. this point. And, um, yeah, I mean, look, the, these are the guys that were special uh, to start the season the first couple of months, um, and they have confidence in them. If they can stay healthy, they, they've, they've now won four out of five. Maybe they get things turned around in August. A game and a half is not a lot to make up, to say the least, so it's going to be a race to the wire. Um, I'm not sure a lot of teams got that much better. Texas certainly made some moves, and you'll just have to see how it all plays out. But um, if they can get the bats going again, I think the thing is the pitching has been good. It's not deep in terms of starters, and I still thought they could use some bullpen help, but they're going to get Kittredge back here before long, I think. And, and that could that could lengthen the uh, the back end of the bullpen, which will help them. So, um, all in all, this is what they needed to do. They needed a nice road trip, and to get two out of three out of Houston and take two out of two so far against the Yankees in New York, put them further behind. Um, that's a really good start to a road trip right there. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit about the Bucks and their their night practice and. Could Kyle Trask be gaining some ground on Baker Mayfield or maybe even pulling even? We'll talk about that in just a minute. First, I want you guys uh, to know that it's already hurricane season. You're aware of that in Florida, but it's also time to keep the power on without breaking the bank. That's getting solar battery backup power from May Electric Solar. With solar battery backup power, there is no fuel cost, no loud generator noise, no annual maintenance costs, Plus, May Electric Solar offers a 15-year warranty. Solar battery backup can save you hundreds of dollars each month, and if you lose power, a generator could cost you $2,000 a week just to keep your house running. New solar battery backup systems qualify for a 30% tax credit, or you can add a battery to your existing in-phase solar system. Trust the pros in solar. To learn more about May Electric's solar battery backup or to get started, call 727 819-2862 819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, I'm going to get into this uh, just quickly because I was not at the night practice, but I read a lot about it and I was uh, talking to Joey Knight or at least texting him back and forth. Let me say this. Those of you who listen to me know that I believe that this is Baker Mayfield's job to lose. I think that sometimes these quarterback competitions um, can have negative effects because you're basically – going to deprive the starter of potentially half the 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 reps that he's going to need when he gets to Minnesota on September 10th. But guess what? It sure looks like it's Baker Mayfield's job to lose. And Kyle Trask right now, you'd have to say, 
all objectivity, is outplaying Baker Mayfield. I said it. He has at least uh, pulled alongside Mayfield. And you know who also believes that? At least he told us so. And I guess you got to take him at his word is Dave Canales. He was asked uh, if he's tightened the race up a little bit since the start of training camp. And he said, and I quote, oh, yeah, absolutely. And his performance sort of validates that. I mean, when you go out there and watch him throw, not not turning the ball over. Um, you know, what Canales says, he thought the first couple of days in training camp when they were in shorts that, that you know, Baker has a lot of experience just playing games and going in camps and installs and things like that. And you could tell that the offense was gelling well with him. Um, and, you know, there's a bit of an edge to Baker to start off. But he said it only took a couple of days for Kyle to kind of settle in. And he's really showing what he can do. He's stretching the field with his arm. He's getting the ball out. He's been accurate. And and so, again, he maintains that this is the right way to go. Uh, it'll go into the preseason. Both will get at least one start each in the preseason, and we'll see what happens when we get to uh, the third week. But, yeah. Um, and I and I never wanted to dis- disrespect Kyle Trask. Um, he This is what he has done his whole career. He's been a slow study whether that was in high school where he didn't start at Florida for a number of years till Felipe Franks uh, uh, left. And then, um, you know, now in the NFL, that was the plan. But he's had to overcome a lot because of the new coaching staff, new offense, all the things he did for two years. Really, you know, not much carry over there except he knows how to work. But, yeah, uh, as Todd Bowles said, the number one responsibility is don't turn the ball over. And Trask has been doing a good job of not turning it over. And I think it's something like, I don't know, five or six to two or six to one, somewhere in there in favor of, of, uh, of you know, Kyle Trask, Baker Mayfield with the, the more interceptions, Trask with just one or two. Um, so, yeah, protecting the football is big. So, hey, give him his flowers. Let's see what happens going forward. Um, you know, they, they've still got to go and, and uh, after next week prepare to go up to New York on a Wednesday practice and joint practices with the Jets a couple of days. Then they'll have sort of a walkthrough on Friday and then play the Jets that Saturday night for their second preseason game. And that'll be interesting with Aaron Rodgers and everybody else. So we're getting there where we don't have to guess about the evaluation. It'll be right in front of you when they start playing tackle football. But, uh, you know, if you're a Kyle Trask fan, uh, I'm not trying to, to, to paint false hope. I still personally believe that when they get to Saturday night in Minneapolis, Todd Bowles is going to sleep much better because he knows what he's going to get out of Baker Mayfield and would not be sure of what he's going to get, you know, necessarily out of Kyle Trask. So they may start that way, but credit Trask for really opening some eyes and and, and making plays out there. All right, we're uh, ready to get to your mailback questions. We got a couple of them answered 100% correctly. Let's get started. All right, well, James said flat out ask, if Kyle Trask wins the job, how good are the Bucks this season? Well, again, that's really hard to say because I, I I think that the quarterback position, while the most important position may be in sport, it's, you know, either of those quarterbacks are going to need great play from everybody around them. In other words, um, these aren't guys that you think are going to carry a team, you know, like a Tom Brady or, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers or somebody like that. They're going to need a lot of help. And so... That said, the question is, okay, Mike Evans in his 10th year, Godwin in his 7th. Both those guys have had injuries, especially Godwin. You know, Rashad White's in his first season. What's that offensive line going to do? I think everyone would have to play a little bit better 
um, for either Trask or Mayfield to succeed. Um, but if Trask is the quarterback, what can we expect? I mean, he'd have to have been that much better than Mayfield. Doesn't mean he's going to be great. But you know what? It, it might be one of those things where the more he plays, you know, the better he gets, like he did in high school and college and all of that. You kind of, you you kind of be rooting for him if you're the Bucks because you have a second round pick invested in him. And you know, again, I don't I don't know that this team. I would not pick them to win the South. Um, I think the, the team that wins the South is probably going to win nine or on the on the upside maybe ten games, and that might be a stretch. And everybody else is going to be packed in. Um, so my prediction wouldn't change. I still think the Bucks would have a chance with Kyle Trask. I, I just think, I, I think you probably feel more comfortable with a guy like Mayfield who has actually played a full season, been in the fire, took a team to the playoffs despite five head coaches and all that went on there in Cleveland. Um, but you know what? I guess that's why they compete, you know, I, and, and and if it is Kyle Trask, much like Baker Mayfield, because of this competition, it means that he will have missed half the reps by the time um, you know they get to Minnesota, which is not going to help him. But this is where they are, and you know they got to hope that one of these guys hits it and hits it big. Look, we it's not the same; it just isn't because Geno Smith was a veteran and, and been in this league for a long time. But everybody wrote off the Seattle Seahawks when Russell Wilson went to Denver. And Russell Wilson had a horrific year, and the coach got fired and all of that. Uh, meanwhile, Geno Smith, you know, was, um, you know, was reborn, you know. And um, that that can happen here with Baker, and it, and it certainly could happen with a young quarterback like Kyle Trask. All right, Greg had uh, tweeted us. He says, Mike Evans spoke glowingly about Dave Canales and said there are some routes that he's never run before. Have you noticed more enthusiasm or excitement within the offense during practice? Yeah, there definitely is. I don't know what routes he's talking about. I mean, the route tree is what it is. I don't think that it's changed that much over the last couple of seasons. I think there might be some combinations that he's talking about um, because Mike is always doubled, and he did tell me the other day that um, it's it's more difficult for teams to declare who they're going to double when everybody's moving at the snap of the ball and every play kind of looks the same. Um, so I, I think he's encouraged about that, but, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, look, um, Mike is a stud and, and I, when I talked to him the other day, he said he felt as good as he's felt. He's really, you know, he's kept his body in shape. Brady had a big impact on him in terms of like, look, you know, if you do the right things and, and, and keep yourself, you know, in top physical condition and, um, you know, you're going to get that third contract and then look what you could do for people. And so, He's kind of bought into that. Um, look, I, I think Canales is what they need right now, but let's not forget he's never called a play, and we're not really sure ultimately how the offense is going to look, and he's got an unsettled quarterback situation. So the deck, deck is stacked against him, but I'm willing to see um, how he does, and, and these guys are getting open, and they're getting open because – there's so many run fakes and outside zone, you know, runs and bootlegs and waggles that, um, again, they're getting, you know, defenders getting sucked up in that run action and, and guys are running open. And Mike has said that he's been open more this training camp than, than he normally is. 
Kyle had tweeted us. He says, are the Bucks trying to get an extension with Mike Evans, or will they wait until next year before free agency? They are definitely talking um, to try to get an extension done. I think both sides want that done. Derek Gilmore, I've talked to a few times. It was his agent, Mike Evans' agent. I talked to Mike the other day. And, you know, Mike just said, look, what, you, what am I supposed to do? It, you know, we've seen players around this league that have been franchised, um, especially the running back position, um, decide that, you know, I'm just I'm going to take my ball and go home and get and, – and many of them, you know, are subject to possible fines and things like that. Mike was like, look, I, I, I want to be here. You know, like I want to finish my career here. And and he's been given enough love through his agent that he knows now that the Bucks want that to make that happen too. They're clearly not in agreement in terms of the value that Mike brings. I think he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the league. But you know, financially, they they probably have a number, and Mike has a number, and they just haven't gotten there yet. Um, but uh, I think it's a good sign you know, that they both want to do something. And in my opinion, I think it will get done. And I think it will get done probably um, before the start of the regular season. They could go through pre- three preseason games even the week after um, and still have time to knock this out. But uh, I don't think this is something you want to linger into the regular season. And and Mike just told me, he goes, look, man, he goes, yeah, I, w- I want to be here, but it is a business. And and sometimes that's a, that's a hard thing to realize as fans. And so we don't know what's going to happen ultimately, but I think, again, my experience is that when two two sides want something to happen, uh, as the Bucks do with Mike Evans, it usually occurs. Brian tweeted us. He says, who was the most difficult player you ever covered for the Buccaneers? Difficult. Hmm. Boy, that's a good one. <laughs> There's not been that many guys I would say was difficult. Here's one. And generally what this comes down to is they're not good people. Right. Um, and, and, and that's not a requirement by the way, to be in the NFL or to even play for the Bucks. Um, but it can make it difficult for not just for media or whatever, but also for the, for the locker room in general. Um, of recent memory, I would say one, uh, would be Kellen Winslow Jr. Um, you know, when he got here, it was a trade. Mark Dominic was the GM. They were looking, uh, you know, for any deals they could get, uh, taking some questionable players in the draft and whatnot. And Kellen Winslow Jr., you know, was the chosen one, right? And um, never seemed really on it, never seemed happy for sure. And, you know, just kind of at times looked like he was, you know, just going through the motions. And um, we had some run-ins with him after a game, particularly uh, after a game in Green Bay when he dropped a two-point conversion. We approached him. And he was furious that we wanted to talk to him. <laughs> you know, like uh, I made a lot of plays, and he did. He had he had some catches and he had some yards, but we wanted to talk about the one he dropped because it would have tied the game. Um, and so, you know, he didn't appreciate that. But there's it's more than that. We know now what Kellen Winslow Jr. was, what he's doing, and none of it surprises me in terms of just his overall, you know, lack of cheery disposition. I didn't know what was going on with the kid. Um, but, you know, obviously a lot, a lot was. Uh, Antonio Brown was no picnic either. Um, he didn't do anything to me personally, but, you know, he was a hired gun, and we all know how it ended, you know, just kind of badly with him taking off the jersey and all of that stuff. Um, and then the feud, you know, that 
sort of commenced after that with everybody, including Tom Brady and, you know, right on down the line. So that was uncomfortable. I didn't like that one very much. You're not always going to get, you know, the positive flowery stories. I mean, you know, at no point are 53 players and and all those coaches going to see eye to eye. Um, But in the few times that I've been around them, those guys stand out as, you know, kind of doing it the right way. Harlan had tweeted us. He says, how would you respond to the attacks towards you personally about questioning Shaquille Barrett about his family? If he didn't want to talk about it, what were his options? If he didn't want to talk about it, could he have made it known through the Bucks PR? Well, the, the, the answer to the last part of that question is absolutely he could. I, I really struggled with whether to even go down this road today because I knew this question was in there. I'd seen it on my timeline. And to be honest with you, I don't think it's very productive to address it per se. I'm going to um, just because I, you know, I was asked um, and there, there's several problems I have with, with sort of like, the, and there was some response like people, why can't you let this poor guy alone? He's suffered a terrible loss. Why do you keep asking questions, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I would just say this a couple of things. One, Shaq Barrett was well aware and chose what day and whether or not he was going to speak. Mm-hmm. This was this is the tail wagging the dog. This was not the Bucks coming to him and say, "Hey, guess what? Uh, you're on the podium Monday." No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. They know what this cat is going through. Um, you know, a tremendous loss of his two year old daughter back in the last day of April uh, in a drowning accident. And he's also personally coming off an Achilles injury, which is something else he's had to deal with at this time. They could have easily said, yep, not today. And every day after that, um, Shaq Barrett is one of the strongest players I've ever covered. And I don't mean in terms of stature. This dude and his wife, Jordana, are incredibly religious. Um, and they're devastated beyond words uh, about the loss of Araya. Um, and he he was i don't know if wanting to talk about it is is necessarily a phrase but he understood um and everyone had respected his privacy he understood going up there that that was going to be the discussion and furthermore and not to be sort of a kind of buried the lead here the man is starting a foundation mm-hmm. right called a ray of hope and it's going to provide swimming lessons for children um, some AI technology, motion sensors, and things like that. And if it saves one life, you know, um, his daughter, are, you know, is is unfortunately, um, you know, not going to be with us, right? And it was a, a horrific accident that happens way too often. Um, but it, but if it if it just saves one life, you know, um, all of that's worth it. So, again. We were incredibly respectable, or respective of his, his, his family, and never attempted to, to interview him. Waited for him to choose when he wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. He knew what the subject matter was, and and quite frankly, um, and I'm not going to speak for every reporter because I, you know, sometimes I think these things do get redundant and go too long and all of that. Um, but I, I don't care what you think. Like my personal opinion is. And sometimes it's just trolls and sometimes look, we all we're all human here. We all feel for Shaq Barrett. 
but appreciate the fact that that we have jobs to do mm-hmm. and that we do them in a sensitive manner. We did not attempt to read Shaq beforehand. We did not, you know, in 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 any way try to um you know, invade their privacy this 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 poor family. Um everything was done above board and and you know what, at the end of the day, I don't care what you think. Like I'm not looking for some kind of affirmation of how I do my job because I know how I do my job. And I think what's happened, and this is just my opinion, is that, you know, there there is still plenty of mainstream media. You know, I went to college for this. This isn't something that, you know, I fell into or started my own website. And, you know, it, it's my, my field of study, my uh, my profession that I've, you know, that I've worked to get where I'm at. I think what's happened is that anybody who wants to start a website, anybody who wants to start a blog, um, the lines have been blurred between mainstream media and everything else. And so when, when people are used to reading, you know, rah, rah, um, isn't he great, you know, every day, that sort of stuff on, on these dot coms, and then along comes a really sad story, and it's like, oh, my gosh, how can you? And and the problem is we've blurred the line so bad that people don't know the difference, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that, that's an issue because they're used to, you know, e- even on radio sometimes it's like take the jerseys off, put the pom-poms down. Like let's be, let's be objective about this. But they want you to root for their team and they want you to back their guy. And they want – we did all that. We, we In terms of like being sensitive to Shaq and his family – we did all that. This was arranged by the Buccaneers PR department. They told us when he was speaking. Nobody approached them about it. Um, they obviously knew we would like to talk to him when he was ready. And and so he did. And so anybody that has a problem with it, you can address it with Shaq Barrett because he's the one that, that you know got to choose mm-hmm. when, where, and what he was willing to talk about. Well, I saw one of the critiques someone tweeted you about. Why do you keep asking him about this? Well, mm-hmm. it, it, it's not. Now, if three press conferences from now, every time Shaq takes the podium or is in a scrum and he's asked about it, then that's a, a legit criticism. This was the first time right. he has spoken about it. This is the first time yeah. you guys have gotten to ask questions as the members of the media. It's right. not like he's he's talked five different times about this. April 30th is when this mm-hmm. accident occurred, and mm-hmm. we have all – been very respectful, mm-hmm. used, you know, the police, the public records, the Buccaneers, gotten their reaction. No one has approached Shaq Barrett until Shaq was ready to talk. And that's all you need to know, you know. And as far as the rest of it goes, listen, we're, we're not the story. And anybody that make if you're in this business and you want to show people how the sausage is, well, you know, and get all defensive and, you know, well, here's what, you know, I think you guys are being unfair to us and you're attacking to me. I don't care. We're not the story. If you make yourself the story, then you need to find another profession. You know, if you're going to sit here and whine about criticism and what people are saying about you and how unfair they're being towards what? The media? What? 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 Just do your job and do it well. doesn't matter what people think. If you know what you're doing, you know, then it shouldn't be a problem. Uh, I mean, people are going to have opinions. Everybody has an opinion. They don't cost anything. And God knows in this world of social media, you know, 
there's trolls and people are just going to blast people for just because they're miserable. I mean, I get all that, but, and I, I really did struggle with whether to even t- answer this question. Um, and I don't want any more questions like this cause I don't think I'll go there, but, um, but I respect the people that listen to this podcast and I think they learn some things. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, after it occurred, I said nothing about it the other night. Um, and I know other people that, that did, you know, sort of unprovoked, just went in and said, you know, I think everybody's being unfair. I did tweet something out and explain to people that, look, everyone was respectful. No one has approached Shaq. He knew it was going to be asked. He was wanting to talk about it. And, and oh, by the way, he announced a foundation. So, you know, this this was totally on his terms. If you think it went too long or there was too many questions or whatever, then address that with those that continue saying, to ask that, them. That's a different conversation about yes. how press conferences are run yeah. or who is asking questions. And, right. You know, we were talking beforehand, and I didn't see this live, but a former colleague mm-hmm. of mine mm-hmm. put this on social media, that at the DeMar Hamlin's press conference today, yeah, the question was asked, how big of a hurdle has this been? <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that, that's malpractice. You know, I mean, that's, I've asked bad questions, but that's, that's malpractice. I mean, yeah. part of, part of what's happened is one, we allow press conferences to be live streamed in that, which is great. You get to see things unfiltered compared to the yeah. past mm-hmm. as a fan or as someone who follows a team. Yeah. But not all the questions are good. Not all the people covering the team know how yeah. to go about extracting oh, information yes there yeah, absolutely there's an art is. to it yeah there there absolutely is an art to it and you know you've been a million press conferences i've been at enough of them where you see the conversations going in an athlete or a coach or whoever's up there's opening up and the media's going and then someone asks a, a question out of left field that just ruins <laughs> oh, everything i hate um, that man <laughs> you know i just uh the torpedo we call it yeah yeah Change of direction. But it happens more often now than I think it used to because, as you said, look, you've gone to college for this. There's a lot of guys in the room that have trained and have done this for years. Yeah. You know. And, and, and then there's many that haven't. Mm-hmm. You know. And, 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 and some of those guys are good and, and get better, and some just are what they are. And quite frankly, there's some in, 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 that, that in the mainstream media that aren't good either. You know what I mean? Like just because mm-hmm. you know you, you work for a, an organization that's a legit Main Street media, it doesn't mean you're any good at your job. I mean, there's you know there's people all over the place well, that don't do a very good and job. That, that's so. another conversation in 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 media and in a lot of this is as over the years cuts have come. We've yes. seen it with newspaper. We've seen it yes. with radio. We see it in television. Mm-hmm. Some of the mm-hmm. first people to get cut. Are the management Older or the coaches? Veterans. Well, yeah. the veterans, but but coaches. Oh sure. Like there's no one teaching guys how to report, how to anchor a, a sportscast or a newscast. Like it, it's there's less of those people. Mm-hmm. Host a radio show, whatever it is, mm-hmm. is is we've cut out a lot of the the feedback, the coaching, the how do I yep. get better, yep. or the there's less of them that are trying to do it for so many that it it. They're not doing as much. And, yeah. and, you know, this has been going on for a generation now in media. Yeah. It's not a new phenomenon. Yeah, and some are getting rushed into it way mm-hmm. before they're ready, you know. Absolutely. I, I, you know, it sounds like the grumpy old man. In my day, we had to pay our dues, you know. 
Um, but there's something to making mistakes mm-hmm. at a different level, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, you feel bad when you misspell a guy's name or ask a dumb question to a high school coach after a game at halftime or, or after a game mm-hmm. on a Friday night. But it's not a, not not as egregious as you when you do it after a National Football League game, yep. you know, and exactly. it's going to go viral on Twitter. So, you know, there's a lot of people learning on the fly that don't just don't have the experience, and that that's nobody's fault but the industry's, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, it's again, I don't want to go down this road much. I I know we did it tonight, but I I would just say this that you know, there's good and bad people in every profession. Um, but in this case, and I appreciate the sensitivity that people have and the, and the just the sympathetic nature that they have towards Shaq Barrett and almost protective, right? Which is which is fair. Um, but uh, in this instance, he was he got to cho- choose when it, or if he talked, and he had something to say. And quite frankly, I heard later, I don't want to put words in people's mouths that it was very cathartic for him to talk about it. Like it felt, it felt right for him to go out there and, and, and talk about his beautiful daughter and, and her smile and, and, you know, what he misses about reading books to her and how much she loves stars and, you know, just, just how mischievous she was and just, you know, what a great big sister she'd have been. And oh, by the way, he got to tell us too, that Jordana is pregnant for another daughter, which is great news, which is unbelievable. And, um, and a true blessing, Alana will be her name and she's born in February. So so much was gained and and and, and planned um, in this instance, but you know I, I'm not interested in in um, being part of the story. It doesn't matter. Like right, you know. Hopefully, you read the story that we wrote, um, that others wrote, and and let that be that. But um, too often, you know, I think we are guilty of sort of, you know, let me show you what we have to go through. Like I, I no one cares. Okay, just do your job. If you do it well, no one's going to question it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, we'll end on this. And Tommy had tweeted us. He says, and we'll go to the Rays. With Aaron mm-hmm. Savali trade and him being under team control through 2025, does this make the Rays' pitching depth even better since you'll get Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen back next season too? Absolutely it does. And they're in control of him, which mm-hmm. made him even more attractive. So, yeah, no question about it. Now, I don't know you know, exactly when um, Springs and um Springs would probably Rasmussen. be mid-season before he's back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew, I'm Rasmussen. not positive. It'd be much later, perhaps. I, I think the bigger question is: Will Tyler Glass now be on the staff next year? Yeah, and I true. say that because his salary is twenty five million next year. Yeah, it was six true. million this year, twenty five next year. Mm-hmm. Will I, Will he be on the staff, or will they trade him this off season? I heard this stat, and I don't have him in front of me. And if I'm misquoting it, God help me. I'm sorry, but I heard a stat that that Glass now through injury and other things has never started more than like 14, 15 games in any season in, in the majors. Does that sound right to you? Yes, it does, actually. 
Um, yeah. He's also like a 500 pitcher in baseball. That's correct. Now uh, we see. I'm him looking. His, I'm looking it up now. His stuff is electric. I mean, there's no question that he's gotten better. And when he's on, he's on. And um, but he can't stay healthy or hasn't been. And and the fact of the matter is, is that he just hasn't had a, a large body of work in any yeah. one season. Now in 2018, mm-hmm. he did pitch in 45 games, but he only started 11 of those. Yeah, so he was I, a reliever for Pittsburgh. Then he was traded to the Rays. Started 11. That's right. He started 13 in Pittsburgh in 17 the year before. Started 12, 11, and 14 for the Rays in 19, 20, and 21. Of course, mm-hmm. 20 the season was only 60 games long. Yeah. Uh, last season, of course, only two games, and so far this year, 12. So so no more than 14 games in his career in That's any correct. one season has he started. So mm-hmm. we're still – we're not sure. I mean, the really. most innings he's pitched in a season is 111. Yeah. That was, so you got to get on that. Right, you gotta get beyond that to know what you have in the guy, mm-hmm. and you hope that he stays healthy and all of that. But and he's twenty five and twenty three in his career record wise. Yeah, which is kind of meh. You know, it's just mm-hmm. okay. Now he's um, been better with the Rays. I mean, some of that was in Pittsburgh and was just getting called up in that. I mean, with the Rays, he's twenty two and twelve with a three oh seven ERA. Right, which is those are good numbers. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, he's I mean, solid. He, when but he's he has not been able to stay healthy. Right. And and his salary next year is going to be twenty five million. So I, I'm guessing the Rays will look to move him this off season. Mm-hmm. Just you know, I guess what just knowing the salary, I, I think you know they extended him and, and put a, a big number on there so that they could keep him this whole year and not ha- right. be tempted to trade him at the trade deadline to get something for him. Right, right. Because he was arbitration eligible this year, and so that he basically made the same salary he made the year before at six million because he didn't pitch last year. Mm-hmm. And then it's twenty five mil next year. Yeah, yeah, good pitcher, just not not a ton of body of work. I mean, well, you know, mm-hmm. but you certainly feel better with him on the staff than than not. And I think they probably did the right thing, you know, by um, also moving Todd Boyd down because I think I think he needs to just work on stuff and and, yeah. and without the pressure of pitching in the big leagues. Look, know? I mean, we've seen lots of players that come up and then struggle. You know, have some early success, mm-hmm. struggle, go back down to to Durham or AAA, and, and work you know, some things work out. Work some things yeah. out, have some success, mm-hmm. get that confidence back, and and you know, and come back up. And it's that's what that's the progression of a young player. That's right. You know, I mean, we've you know, the biggest one I remember with the Rays is Willie Adamas, not a pitcher, but sure, you know, yeah, was supposed to be the, the next that. great yeah. shortstop came up, had a little success quickly, and then it went bad pretty quick. Yeah. He went down to Durham for I don't know, a month or two or whatever it was, and when he came back up, he was ready. He stayed, mm-hmm. yeah, and he's a fantastic player, and he's a fantastic player for the for Milwaukee right now. Absolutely. So, you know, it all worked out. Yep. And before we wrap it up, I want to say hi to Casey, a frequent uh, listener and tweeter to us. Uh, I met nice. him at the Rays watch party. Uh, I go. worked in uh, at, at uh, Hurricane Eddie's in Dunedin on Monday night, so he stopped up and said hi and appreciated nice. that. So it was nice meeting right. Casey. All right, Casey. Hello to you. And and if you'd like to have your name on this podcast, <laughs> find Steve and say yeah. hello. Either that or just or tweet me. us a mailbag question. We put your name out there for yeah, those two. That's right. There you go. No, we we like our listeners, man. Happy to share that with all of them. So, hey, we've got um, kind of a special treat these next few days. Um, uh, and and <laughs> God, you've got the heavy lifting, Steve, because you got to pare down this this uh, these interviews. But I. Okay, so Rondé Barber on Saturday, 
will be inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The Gold Jacket uh, dinner is Friday night. I'm headed to Canton this weekend. I will be there to bring you all the fun and festivities uh, and such um, that uh, you can enjoy from Ronnie Barber's induction. Tiki Barber will be presenting him. Uh, the Gold Jacket ceremony, um, it will be John Lynch and Mike Tomlin putting the jacket on Ronnie Barber. So big weekend in store, and in advance of that, our treat to you, our gift to you, is I sat down with Ronnie Barber for about 50 or so minutes, uh, it seems, um, and talked about his entire career. Um, you know, his, uh, you know, of course, he's a twin with Tiki Barber, how those two guys sort of pushed each other, and really it was Tiki kind of leading the way, and then Ronnie kind of the grinder late. Uh, Ronnie played, you know, 16 years, and uh, Tiki didn't play about half of that, but uh uh, and then, you know, where they were born, uh, you know, the single mom and all of that, or where they ended up in New York and Tampa and how that shaped them, each of those cities and those experiences. So we've got Ronnie Barber for the next couple of nights. I think you guys will, or days, whenever you listen, I think you guys will really enjoy hearing from the uh, newest member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame as of Saturday. And so we'll have that for you right here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. One more, one more thing. Oh, sorry. You realize there's a football game tomorrow night. Is there? Yeah, the Hall of Fame game. That's Thursday night, right? That's tomorrow night. Oh, you're right. Jesus, you're right. I'll be there. Yeah, because yeah. we do this. Yeah. Yeah, and it's I mean, the New York football Jets. is now officially back. It is back. Yeah, the Hall of Fame game, the extra, the extra uh, preseason game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it'll be uh, – yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers might might play a little bit. Might get out there. Who knows? Um, it's a it's always a great week up there in Canton, Ohio, and um, this is a great class. Of course, Joe Thomas will bring down the house. He's the last one to speak on Saturday. A Cleveland Brown, right nearby Cleveland, Ohio. So um, be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to the party and uh, and and seeing all Ronnie's teammates and coaches that'll be going to try to celebrate this with him. So. It'll be it'll be a great weekend. Anyway, enjoy those interviews the next couple of nights or days or whenever you listen. Uh, we appreciate it and uh, and and thanks for always listening and for your mailback questions as well. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Times. Have a great day, everybody. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.